0: Greenlight network presents football time hey and welcome to the football time podcast we're here for our nfl week 11 recap and review and with us as always is our man achilles reign all right fun nfl week we got off to a interesting start on sunday doing our first live shows and now we're streaming live today our first podcast live are you excited
1: yes i'm super excited and i am pretty much 100 percent sure that i'll make so many mistakes that we'll probably never do this again
0: well, it's okay. It's the internet. No one ever calls anyone on their mistakes on the internet. So you're good to go.
1: Oh yeah. Based off that ESPN power ranking I saw today, I agree with you. No one calls anyone out.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's get into our headlines of week 11.
1: Now this made headlines. All right.
0: I wanted to touch on uh, our headlines this week and, uh, It was the AFC, uh, best teams, worst teams, how you think, uh, they're going to do in the playoffs. Um, really, I think right now in the AFC, unlike in the NFC, I, I think there are really two teams and really overall just one team that I think, uh, AFC wise, I would be stunned if, uh, they didn't end up making it into the Super Bowl, and that's the Kansas city chiefs. And then, uh, slightly behind them, I see Pittsburgh, but, uh, Do you think uh, the AFC really has, uh, it's sort of more up in the air than the NFC, or do you just see the Chiefs uh, really as the dominant team right now and uh, would be stunned if somebody else made it to the uh, Super Bowl?
1: Uh, I mean, uh, as far as the consensus number one team for the conference, I feel like there's definitely two, like you said, in the AFC. I feel like uh, the Steelers and the Chiefs are probably ahead of everyone else right now and that's not really trying to take anything away from anyone else. I think that there's a lot of solid teams out there, but I think that we have a clearer picture when it comes to who the top dog is for the conferences, whereas in, in the NFC, I feel like everything is a little bit, uh, the the water, as I say, is a little more muddy.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was curious who you think the probably the third best team right now is in the AFC.
1: Well, uh, I'm really torn between... Uh, the Bills and the Colts. And, uh, you know, normally I would have set the Ravens, but as of the last few weeks, their play has digressed so badly that uh, I think they can't even be in the conversation of top five at the moment. Uh, But like I said, I'm, I'm torn between the Bills and the Colts. I would probably lean more towards the Colts because of that defense that they have. And they seem to be uh, gelling a lot better right now as, as of this particular moment, they seem to be playing more cohesive football and uh, more complete football. So I'll lean towards the Colts. Oh,
0: that's an interesting take. So uh, I'm going to throw a wild card out here at you. What do you think of the Las Vegas Raiders as the third best team in the AFC? Or do you think it's maybe just a good matchup versus the chiefs, but, uh, They played a handful of good games in a row. I really like that offense. The defense is uh, starting to come around a little bit. Uh, What if I said, I think the Raiders might be the third best team in the AFC.
1: I definitely wouldn't, uh, wouldn't kick you out of my house for saying that, but I don't, I don't think they're there. I don't think they're quite there. I did say last week that this game would, uh, you know, say a lot at least to me personally about where I think they stand. Uh, I really thought that the chiefs would come out and kind of dominate this game, but we saw the Raiders. They just continue to be gritty and it doesn't matter who they play. They're going to play them tough. So, you know, if you try to make an argument for it, I could definitely be swayed as to them getting the third best team. But for me, uh, like I said, there's more complete teams that I'd put above them, but they're still tough.
0: All right. Good call. Um, what about uh, the sort of bottom of the uh, AFC? Where are you sitting here? Uh, You've got the Titans probably in that mix, the Ravens in that mix, uh, the Browns in that mix. You know, uh, Dolphins would be around there. Um, I think the Patriots sort of played their way out of uh, any chance of a playoff spot. Uh, theoretically speaking, Denver's sort of still hovering, but uh, I wouldn't put much water behind that. Uh, where do you think that sort of a lower half uh, sort of – out there.
1: Well, you know, I, I feel a little rude saying uh, bottom tier or anything like that. I, I think that this is probably the next tier from those teams that we touched on a little bit earlier. Where we thought they were pretty much the elite of the uh, conference. But yes, uh, uh, you know, I think that you probably start that off if you're not going to talk about a third team. Start off with the Colts, uh, the Titans, the Bills. Um, maybe, you know, the Dolphins can be sneaky, you know, depending on how they play. Uh, this last week's performance was uh, a little underwhelming, but you know overall they've got a, they've got a solid team and they've played well you know pretty much all season long just very quietly. Uh, that's pretty much how I have the second tier set up.
0: Okay, interesting. Uh, all right, we'll move into uh, something that is the bottom tier, and that's the NFC East. Um, right now, uh, we had a discussion at work today, and you said who's winning the NFC East essentially. And I was like the Eagles cause they have that tie and you were like, no, they can't <laughs> be <laughs> mostly cause you have eyes and have watched them play football this year. But yes, the Eagles with their crappy tie are right now in first in the NFC East. And, uh, this division is just, uh, it was sort of funny at the beginning of the year that everyone was so bad. But, uh, right now, uh, a five or six win team is going to end up with a three seed in the uh, playoffs.
1: Yeah, that's sad at this point. It, that's what it is. It's sad. Um, I, For some weird reason, I really thought the Giants had taken a stranglehold on that division, which not really hard to do. I mean, uh, that whole division is pretty bad. But then you said, no, the Eagles are in first place in that division. And I had to pull out my phone and actually go look at the standings. <laughs> And I was shocked to see that, yes, they are a half game ahead. Uh, it's sad. Uh, it, you know, it reminds me of a few years past when uh, the Giants had a pretty good record and they were maybe going to sneak in as a wildcard team while you had a team like the Rams and the Seahawks who were probably going to get in at 7-9. Now, that's probably a lot better than what this is going to be. But still, it's sad.
0: Yeah, I was going to say uh, you have that... Uh... Seahawks team that got here at seven and nine but uh that Seahawks team had a young Russell Wilson they had you know a Marshawn Lynch. I mean they just started slow at the beginning of the year but they had a little bit at least momentum uh right now uh I guess you can say the Giants on their one game winning streak and have played a couple decent games in a row uh are molding into a better team but uh they're still three and seven so uh it's just uh Do you have a way of handicapping who you think will come out of the NFC East? Uh, Philly's got a pretty tough schedule uh, this month, but uh, really if they can find a way to win one game out of that tough schedule, they're just as much in it as uh, anybody else.
1: This division is going to come down to whoever beats the divisional opponents. That's pretty much how it's going to come down. Um, I think that early in the season we thought that Washington was playing better football, for that division, and we kind of had them as the favorites. Then shifted back to the Eagles because of uh, who the Eagles have been the last few years. Because the and, Eagles won
0: the Super Bowl three years ago and have not been good since.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, shortly after that, you know, we were kind of uh, we had our hands up in the air. We didn't know who to pick. I think that if you you know put a gun to my head and made me choose a winner right now, I would probably go with the Giants just because. With the eyeball test, I feel like they've been playing the best football. And they've hung in there tough with most teams. We, touch, we touched a little bit on it, uh, I believe it was on the last show, where their last couple of losses are like one-point losses to Tampa Bay or a two-point loss to Tampa Bay, one-point loss to the Eagles. I can't remember what the actual numbers were, but they've been in some tight games. And despite you know Jones not having all his weapons, uh, you know he's hung in there, man. The guy's been balling. So I would have to go with the Giants right now if you – made me choose
0: yeah uh when uh young children grow up and you have to tell them about football you're going to one day tell them that Doug Peterson and Nick Foles were dominant in the NFL playoffs and won Super Bowls and then they're going to go back and look up stats and uh not really believe you
1: (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a pretty sad state of affairs that we're in but you know that's the NFL and you just never know until the season plays out
0: I'm very excited to Somebody go look up Nick Foles uh continual stats and realize he has a Super Bowl MVP.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, he's uh, he's one of the best <laughs> at coming into the season uh late and making things happen, but he's no longer there so I don't think he's an issue.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh we'll break down the rest of these games here. We'll start out with the Steelers 27 Jaguars 3 Ben Ruffin Went 32 of 46, 267 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. James Conner and the uh, Steelers' running game came to life a little bit 13 carries, 89 yards. Deontay Johnson uh, had a pretty big game with 12 catches, 111 yards. Jake Lutton, the bloom came off the rose here a little bit. Uh, I think uh, when Minshew gets healthy, I think we'll. Probably see him back. Sixteen of thirty-seven, one fifty-one, four interceptions. James Robinson continues to uh, really impress and be a sort of bright spot for this Jags team. Seventeen carries, seventy-three yards, and DJ Chark four catches, forty-one yards. Um, pretty uh, not much to say here. Jaguars much better. T- Jaguars are not the much better team than <laughs> the Steelers. <laughs> Steelers much better team here. Uh what'd you make of this game? Ho hum Steelers got stuff done.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, I kind of assumed that this would be a low scoring affair. uh, When I looked at the, at the matchups Um, and it wasn't so much because I thought the Jaguars would show up defensively. It was mostly because I thought that, you know, the Steelers would kind of roll and then they would take their foot off the gas pedal and just kind of try to coast to an easy win. And that's pretty much what happened. Uh, You know, Lutton, over the last couple of weeks, had been playing pretty well. He was pretty gritty, unfortunately for him. Uh, he had a really, really poor week against a really tough defense, You know, which is somewhat to be expected. But even so, uh, four interceptions, that's bad. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. All right, so uh, the only thing I think comes out of this is uh, Pittsburgh – Do you think they can go undefeated? They're scheduled. They got the tough one uh, this week. Well, we say tough one uh, versus the Ravens on uh, Thanksgiving Day. Then they play Washington. Then at the Bills, at the Bengals, Colts come to them. And then the last game of the year at the Browns. Uh, Chances that the uh, Steelers go undefeated here?
1: I think that the chances of them going undefeated are pretty high uh, out of those last few games they have left. You know, I feel like there's two games that they possibly could lose. The uh, The Ravens game scares me a little bit because it's a divisional opponent and they tend to play each other pretty tough when they go up against each other. Uh, they've had some classic uh, games against each other, some really tough matches. But realistically, I only see them losing two of those games, if anything. Uh, the rest of those games seem like they should be able to dominate, uh, at least defensively, but maybe 14-2. Is kind of what I see going.
0: All right. All right. We'll move on to uh, another uh, game that was a blowout. And then the Chargers uh, did uh, what the Chargers do. It was no longer a blowout. And Joe Flacco was launching Hail Marys to win the game. But uh, Chargers 34, Jets 28. Joe Flacco went 14. 15-30, 205 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Frank Gore, 15 carries, 61 yards and a touchdown. Denzel Mims, three catches, 71 yards. Justin Herbert continues to light up the passing yard game. 37-49, 366, three touchdowns. Kelly Balazs, 16 carries, 48 yards. Keenan Allen had himself quite a day, 16 receptions, 145 yards and a touchdown. So... Chargers looked very good early dominated. I was cursing myself for uh, not betting on this. And then uh, the chargers did charger things. And uh, this became a game where I, uh, at one point I was like, I think the jets are going to end up catching a Hail Mary and winning this stupid game. Cause that's just what the chargers do.
1: You know, we, t- we talked about it when we were doing our pick show last week, uh, I was trying to sell you on this game. Not that I was confident in this game, but you know, it was the jets. Um, Even though the chargers have uh, bit me in the behind, you know, one too many times I was kind of almost swaying myself trying to pick this game, which luckily uh, you know, you talk a little sense into me and we stayed away from it. But as the game was going on early on, I was like, I told him, we should have taken this. This was a lock. And of course, uh, when I saw the final score, I was like, okay, so he was right.
0: Yeah. uh, Well, I had to talk myself out of it on Sunday because I was like, you know what? The Chargers are just going to light up the Jets. And at halftime, I was like, God, you knew it. They were going to light up (laughs) the Jets. And then uh, they just did their little Chargers thing. So uh, the only thing I – is this a coaching thing? Because uh, I saw some stupid stat where – Lynn is like three and nineteen in his career in like these kind of games, and uh, I don't know if he's a bad coach. I mean, this offense was just dominant this whole game. The defense was dominant until that fourth quarter. It's just—is uh, this a coaching thing? Is just just uh, some sort of weird thing? I mean, when it's like three and 17, 3 and eighteen, whatever it is, it's it it's more of a trend than a oh, this just happens to, you know, happen every once in a while.
1: Uh, You know, if you asked me last week, I would have said, um, no, I think that this is not a coach's situation. Uh, You know, I think this is a young team and I think that kind of plays into it a little bit. The fact that, you know, their big weapons are pretty young. Uh, You know, even Keenan Allen, even though he's a vet and he's probably like the leader in that locker room, he's still pretty young. You know, he's, he's, the team in general is made up of a lot of young players, a lot of new talent. And uh, that probably plays into it some, but yes, I I do think that the coaching is a big part of it now. Uh, He's made a lot of, uh, you know, situational mistakes throughout the season. And I think that at some point he's got to start, you know, kind of looking in the mirror and start talking, realizing that this is a lot on him. A lot of these uh, situations that he puts his team in, because of him and his play calling so even though a couple weeks ago i didn't agree with you as far as letting him go at the end of the year i think that if this trend continues even though they got the win you probably start considering finding someone else to you know take over that team
0: yeah uh one other thing uh adam Gase did not make my worst coach of the week because he's permanently there but uh the jets are driving down there and uh they threw an incomplete pass and uh, had a timeout left, and then uh, decided to use that timeout in the final minute of the game when the clock was no longer moving. Um, is he purposely trying to sabotage this team to go 0 16? Do you think there's some sort of bonus in there if he gets them to 0 16 and they get Trevor Lawrence?
1: Well, I think that, you know, he had a secret meeting with Upper Brass. And they basically decided, you know, the only way you're going to keep your job is if you embarrass yourself so much, make yourself out to be the worst coach ever in history, get us <laughs> that first pick, and then we'll give you another year. So I think he was did his crazy eye thing he always does, and he's like, I'll take that deal, and that's kind of where it is now. But I, I will say this: over the last few weeks, the Jets have played a little bit better, and it's a little reminiscent of that, you know, winless uh, Detroit team. Where as the season progressed, they started playing better and better, and they just couldn't quite, you know, close out a game.
0: All right, quick decision: Do they win a game? No. All right, moving on. Dolphins, Broncos—probably uh, the shock of the week to some people. Some people might have taken the Broncos. Broncos twenty, Dolphins thirteen. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick came in for Tua, twelve of eighteen, hundred and seventeen yards. But as Ryan Fitzpatrick does. He brings you to the precipice and then throws a pick in the end zone to lose the game. Savian Ahmed, 12 carries, 43 yards. Devonte Parker, six catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. Drew Lock was not completely atrocious, though. I would not call him good. 18 to 32, 70 and a pick. Melvin Gordon, 15 carries, 84 yards and two touchdowns. Tim Patrick continues to impress five for 119 yards. So, uh, I I mentioned this game during the week and I mentioned how I liked the Broncos and uh, it just sort of felt like one of those weird trap games where Miami's got all the momentum and they're going into Denver. They did not get off to a great start and uh, that Denver defense just uh, decided to come to play today and uh, chewed up to a and uh, forced a. Flores to bench him, bring in Fitzpatrick to try to rally the troops, and he rallied him, and then he let him down. So what would you make of this game?
1: Well, I'll start off by saying that I'm glad to have you on my team because you tend to talk me out of certain situations. When I first looked at this game on paper, I thought that that the Dolphins would uh, pretty much win this game. You know, maybe not a blowout or anything like that, but I thought their defense was solid enough to where they would – you know, kind of sh- shut down this uh, pretty bad Denver uh, offense. Now you, you know, you talked to me, you told to me about how they were uh, probably due for a let down. And, you know, as we started looking at that, you know, I kind of agree with you. I'm like, yeah, I could see it. Um, I was not expecting this though. Uh, and you were right. Uh, Denver somehow showed up. I don't know how they did it. Well, they did it on the ground mostly because Drew Locke didn't do much. Yes. And, You know, that Dolphins defense that uh, we've been praising pretty much, you know, throughout the last... They can be
0: had on the ground, I will say. I've watched them uh, these last couple weeks. Now, uh, pass defense-wise, they're really good, but uh, I I think there's a little bit of a hole there uh, running back-wise, and Denver exposed it pretty good there.
1: Yeah, those two running backs, they looked really good, and that was pretty much the story of the game. I don't think that you, you know, I think you kind of chalk this up to just a bad week for uh, Miami, but for Denver, you know, kind of a confidence booster, you know, for a team that's been playing pretty bad as of late, they kind of needed a good win against a tough, gritty team, and they got it, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, two got benched. Um, I don't want to say I, I'm worried about it because I, I think this is where, uh you know, playing in meaningful games where, you know, you have to win to continue to try to push yourself into the playoffs. This is, you know, where Herbert and – uh you know, is playing worthless time and getting a lot of junk yards. Same with Joe Burrow. Uh, we'll get to his injury a little later, but, uh, you know, these are pressurized situations where Herbert and Burrow are not really in pressured situations, so I don't take too much from that Tua benching. I mean, he was under attack uh, once that Denver uh, Broncos line just smelled a drop back pass every time the Dolphins, once again, did not try to run the ball with any commitment, and uh, they were just on top of Tua every time he, he hit his uh, third step back there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would probably say that maybe next time. And I know that, you know, he came back and corrected the statement, but, you know, maybe next time when Tua is asked how the transition to the NFL is going, maybe don't say that it's easier than you thought.
0: Yeah. Uh, You think uh, anything to make of the benching? Uh, They do play the Jets this week. So uh, if you're looking to uh, get right as a rookie, the Jets seem to be a pretty good uh, key to unlock that.
1: Yes, this uh, this definitely a uh, um, confidence-boosting game. But, you know, this almost kind of feels like a trap game. I know that I said the Jets could not win the game. But this, this, to me, has the feel of a trap game. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be quick to say that um, they'd win the game. But I do think that he could perform well against them.
0: All right. We'll move on. Uh, I think the Vikings... Uh pretty much did themselves in this week. Cowboys 31, Vikings 28, Andy Dalton 22 at 32, 203 yards, three touchdowns, interception. Ezekiel Elliott finally uh, got the notice that the season had started, so uh, good thing for him to show up finally in uh, week 11, just uh, a couple weeks before the season ends. Had uh, 21 carries, 103 yards. Amari Cooper, six catches, 81 yards. Kirk Cousins, put up good numbers, but, uh, I did not think he played all that great. 22 of 33, 14, three touchdowns, 27 carries, 115 yards for Dalvin Cook and a touchdown. Adam Thielen, eight receptions, 123 yards, two touchdowns. So, uh, I, I liked the Vikings coming into it, but, uh, this is what they do. They, they sort of let you down. They got your hopes up for a a miracle playoff run. And, uh, I think that's done. Any uh, chance now for the Vikings to make the playoffs?
1: Um, I think that the record is uh, decent enough to where they could still possibly sneak in. Uh, I I think it's far-fetched to say they will, but, you know, there's a shot. Um, They just don't know which Viking team you're going to get. You know, sometimes they come out and they just light it up. You know, they're they're clicking all cylinders, and then they come out and, Defensively, They're a mess. They can't move the ball. They're not feeding Cook. And it's it's really hard to gauge this team.
0: Well, I think that's might have been what upset me more. The defense did not play well, but um, they passed more than they ran this week. Uh, I have no clue why they broke from what they'd been doing the previous uh, three or four weeks where it was basically the offense was hand-delving, cook the ball, hand-delving, cook the ball, and, you know, Make little play action throws, make little quick throws. It seemed like they uh, got too smart from themselves and uh, tried to open it up and uh, light up this uh, Cowboys defense uh, through the air. Now they had the yards, but uh, they just didn't control the game. The Cowboys controlled this game.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. As I was watching part of this game, that's what it felt like. It felt like the Cowboys came out and they're like, you know what, we're not going to give this game away. You know, doesn't matter what our record says. We're going to win this game. And that's how they play. They play tough. You know, they don't have the best team. They don't have the best offense. They don't have the best defense. You know, uh, like you said, it was nice for the running back to finally show up. I think it was his first 100-yard game of the season so far, uh, which says a lot for a guy who's getting paid a lot of money. Um, But they showed up, and they played tough, and the Vikings didn't show up. You know, they fed Cook, but they – I just – I don't know. When I look at the – when I look at the stats – it doesn't feel to me the way the way the game, you know, played out. Um, I felt like they just didn't feature cook enough. And I know it's crazy to say, you know, but you gotta use your workhorse, man. This is, this is the guy that's going to get you to the promise line. If he's going to get you anywhere. So, you know, you got to ride him as much as you can dump off passes screens, you know, hand them the ball. And I just feel like they didn't utilize him enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dallas signs of life, uh, can they make a run here, or was this a uh, blip on the radar?
1: You know, <clears throat> normally I would say a blip on the radar, but ever since they faced off against the Steelers, they've been playing pretty tough, and they haven't really, uh, you know, played this well. You know, it took a bad team for them to play well, but, you know, they, they've got signs of life at least, and, you know, that's a positive sign for any Cowboy fan out there, um, especially Fishman, who, who I'm thinking about. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of something to hang your hat on, but you know, you're not going to do much. You're not going to as close as that division is. You're still not going to win that division. So, you know, just be happy about the win, I guess.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll move on. A uh, lot of good games this week. Uh, this one was both good and weird, Packers, 31. Colts, 34. Aaron Rodgers, 27-38, 311 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Aaron Jones, 10 carries, 41 yards, one touchdown. Devontae Adams, seven catches, 106 yards and one touchdown. Philip Rodgers 24-36, 288 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Jonathan Taylor, 22 carries, 90 yards. And Michael Pittman, three receptions, 66 yards and a touchdown. So... Uh, Green Bay came out hot start dominated this game uh, helped by a couple Colts turnovers Uh, second half Colts defense uh, just turned the screws and I I can't tell you how nasty that defense was in the second half and then uh, the Colts offense started to get it together a little bit but uh, to close out the game uh, I don't know if you saw it but uh, I don't know what was going on but it was a holding penalty literally every time and uh they almost blew this so uh what'd you make of this game uh just a crazy game overall
1: well uh, i'll tell you this much i watched you know the first half of that game and i was pretty stoked because uh last week i thought that the packers would um at least you know cover the line and it looked like they were on, you know on the verge of doing so but that second half, I guess, you know, I, I didn't watch much of it, but, you know, that apparently that defense really stepped up for the Colts, and um, they took it to, to Green Bay, and, you know, from everything that I read, it was basically it came down to a fourth quarter turnover that really sealed the game, uh, which another unfortunate situation came out of that with uh, death threats on social media and things like that, which are just silly. I know that we're, you know, fans and we enjoy the game, but it's just a game uh there's definitely no need for that these guys are professionals and they get paid a lot of money to do what they do but you know it's mistakes happen and uh you know for it to go the way it did it was a little disappointing uh but it is what it is
0: yeah uh fumbles happen also he made a ridiculous catch uh to bring them to get to the tie point uh so uh without that uh they wouldn't even have been in the game uh The only thing I thought was weird was uh, Green Bay uh, hit that big catch and then uh, drove down there. Rodgers spiked it twice, which I didn't seem to understand. It looked like they were playing a little bit for the tie, and I didn't totally understand that. uh, They only had one shot at the end zone from about the 12-yard line. Uh, Just sort of maybe like a brain fart or just uh, they were playing for the tie and thought they could get it in OT
1: yeah, I did see that, and I—that's exactly what I thought. I thought that, uh, based off the flow of the game, they probably thought that they were doing enough to probably pull off the win if it got into overtime. So they were more playing it safe, like let's just get into overtime and then we can close this game out. And you know, the NFL—that's how it is. If you—if you're not looking to close the game out, this particular at this specific moment, you're probably not going to close the game out at all. So that's kind of what happened to them.
0: All right. I'm going to ask you this and I might ask you about uh this about another team later in the recap. Uh Colts best defense in the NFL right now?
1: I think they give up too many points to be the best defense right now, but they've got a really good defense.
0: All right. That might come up later with another defense, possibly one with a team that's being represented on this video right now. <laughs>
1: Oh, whatever do you mean?
0: (laughs) All right. Chiefs Raiders, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, Another great game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, was just ridiculous. 34-45, 348, two touchdowns and an interception. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 14, carries 69 yards, two touchdowns. Travis Kelty, eight catches, 127 yards and the game-winning touchdown. Derek Carr, I think, continues to play great football. 23-31, 275, three touchdowns and an interception. Josh Jacobs, 17 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. Darren Waller, seven catches, 88 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, this game, uh, it's a loss for the Raiders, but uh, I think I'm, I'm gaining more and more respect for them. I talked about them earlier in our AFC rankings. Um, Raiders-wise, do you gain more respect for them in this, or is it, you know close but uh, no cigar there are no uh second best losers here
1: last week i felt like you know close but no cigar type of situation i did say that if they kept it close not even win if they kept it close against the chiefs who were coming out trying to seek revenge they would gain respect and they have you know um they're a gritty team, man. They're going to play you tough. I know it's a divisional opponent, you know, and that's what everybody's going to point to. But this is the defending Super Bowl champs. And they played him tough twice. They beat him once, they played him tough a second time. You know, it's really hard to sweep anybody, let alone the Super Bowl champs. So, you know, my hat's off to the Raiders and, you know, Raider Nation. They played a tough game. And, uh, you know, they're definitely moving up in my personal rankings.
0: All right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I know other people are getting MVP, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, but, uh, you watch this game and, uh, the best player in football is clearly Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I don't see any way that anyone else can, uh, say differently here.
1: Yeah. I think that there are, you know, a few, uh, players, especially early on the season that were playing, you know, lights out. But as the season has progressed, the one guy that we never talk about and, uh, has been pretty consistent basically all season long, has been Patrick Mahomes. And it's probably best for them that we don't talk about them. It's probably working out in their favor that, you know, everyone kind of seems, I don't want to say overlook them because they are the defending champs, but looking past them in a sense where, okay, it's a the cheese. They're expected to win, you know, yada, yada, yada. I think it's working out for them. I think that they're quietly just, you know, getting up to that top seed. They're going to, you know, get that home field advantage, uh, especially if the Steelers can manage to lose a few games and they can win a few more. Um, They could possibly get that number one seed, which this season only the number one seed gets by. So that one seed's really important, but even if they don't get it, that team's been playing solid all season long, man. And we just don't talk about it because it, we expect it from them. Yeah.
0: Uh, I just, uh, the ones who do respect it is the uh, sports books. I was uh, watching uh, very intently the live line trying to get the Chiefs on uh, some plus money there. And uh, they were still minus 120 with 90 seconds and essentially no timeouts down three. So uh, Vegas still thinks the Chiefs are pretty good and uh, I couldn't get a freebie and uh, get my plus money there. But uh, I think that's sort of just sums up uh, how dominant uh, everyone really thinks the Chiefs are because uh, I don't know who else would be favored to win the game when you're down three and have to go the length of the field and get a touchdown to win it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and listen, as, as betters, we're all, you know, we've got certain people that are okay. we got certain people that are good and a lot of people that are bad. But one thing uh, you can always count on, is vegas it's always going to be better than you
0: yeah definitely all right we'll move on to a game that seems like it was forever ago but uh, nonetheless a pretty good game cardinals versus seahawks uh seahawks win at 28 21 uh much needed win for the seahawks kyler murray 29 of 42 269 two touchdowns kenyon drake 11 carries 29 yards and a touchdown larry fitzgerald eight catches 62 yards russell wilson uh much more composed non-turnover uh game for him 23 of 28 197 two touchdowns carlos hyde 14 carries, 79 yards and tyler lockett nine catches 67 yards and a touched so this is two games in a row that uh, I, i've seen a little life from this seahawks defense are you ready to say this defense is getting better and maybe the seahawks uh can uh once again be a force in this league that you think can uh dominate this side of the NFC or a little bit of a mirage here?
1: Uh, No, I, I do think that that defense is playing better. I wouldn't necessarily say that they're ready to dominate just yet because that NFC is so confusing, man. You know, these last couple of weeks that defense has played better. I could totally see them giving up 400 passing yards in the next couple of games. Also, that's just the way this NFC is kind of playing out, you know, um, the game itself I thought was a really entertaining game. Uh, we both didn't think there was any possible way that Russell Wilson would let his team lose twice to, uh, to a, to divisional opponent. And that was kind of the way it went. Um, it was a tight game. It was a really well contested game. I think the most shocking thing about it was, um, you know, over at the, uh, at the water, at the watering hole, the water fountain, uh, I've heard many people talk about the Cardinals defense as being the top defense in the league. And, you know, they've got some good key players with Peterson Baker, you know, but I don't think they're really that good. I think that they rely a lot on controlling the, the, the clock, you know, uh, with Murray kind of rolling out and running uh, the run the ball a lot. I, I think that that defense doesn't get exposed as much because how well they control the ball offensively.
0: Yeah. Uh, Seahawks shut down their running game, this uh, game and the, uh, it sort of exposed them a little bit. Uh, when you can control them uh, running the ball, they they seem to be uh, uh, much less potent on the uh, offensive side of the ball there.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
0: All right. Uh, Cardinals, how do you think they close this uh, thing out here? Uh, I, I'm a little wobbly. I mean, if you take uh, that Buffalo win and the miracle doesn't happen, uh, they're sort of looking at uh, a... Five and five record, and you know we aren't all in love with them. Uh, how do you think Arizona closes out? Do you think they finish strong, or are you certain to see a uh, little kinks here where uh, maybe uh, they drop down a little bit?
1: They made me uh, kind of favor them a little bit more, you know, over the last few weeks. But I've said it pretty much all season long that I don't think that the Cardinals are as good as advertised. Um, I think that they still have some growing to do. They have some growing pains to go through, and sometimes it's evident, especially in losses. Um, I just think that their wins are so dramatic that we forget about everything else that, that has happened through you know throughout this. I mean, they got pounded on by the Dolphins, um, you know, and we're not sitting here praising the Dolphins, especially who they just lost to the Broncos, yeah. who we think are pretty bad, you know it's the NFC. You don't, you don't really know. It's hard to gauge the NFC right now, but I think that they are a third place NFC West team. And I know a lot of people are going to hate on me for saying that, but I still think the Seattle Seahawks and the Rams with more experience in uh, winning football as of the last few seasons are better than they are.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you still got them in the playoffs here.
1: Yeah. Uh, I still, I still think that they're solid enough to sneak in, especially with that extra playoff spot. And, you know, it hasn't been announced or anything, but, you know, if they expand the playoffs even more, then I think they're definitely a lot to get in. I think that they're a good team. I'm not trying to take anything away from They're a good team. They got a really good wide receiver with Hopkins. They got a good quarter, young quarterback, you know, with Murray. They've got some solid pieces on defense, like I said, with Baker and Peterson, but I, I don't think they're quite there yet. I think that they still have to, you know, they have some growing pace to go through before they can progress that next level.
0: Definitely. That's a good call. All right. We'll move to a game that wasn't all that entertaining. Unless, of course, you ended up betting on the Panthers, which I was thoroughly entertained by. But uh, Panthers 20, Lions 0. Very difficult to get shut out in the NFL. And yet the Lions somehow managed to pull it off versus a team who... I wouldn't call exactly a great defense, but uh, Matthew Stafford, 18-33, of 33, 178. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Adrian Peterson somehow is still playing football in this league. Seven carries, 18 yards. T.J. Hawkinson, four catches, 68 yards. P.J. Walker came in and replaced uh, Bridgewater. 24-34, uh, 258 touchdown, two interceptions. Mike Davis, uh, 19 carries, 64 yards and a touchdown. D.J. Moore, seven catches, 127. So, uh, I don't know really how to talk about this game. Detroit was brutal. Uh, Carolina played solid. But uh, I think the only way to go is uh, Patricia. He loses Thursday on Thanksgiving to Houston. Does he make it to the next week after a long break?
1: (laughs) As much as I like the guy, if he loses this next week... I don't see how I think that it's uh, it's pretty evident at this point that something's not clicking, whether it's the relationship between the players and him or is it the coaching staff or I I don't know what it is, but something's not clicking. And if you're, you know, the, the the brass of the Lions at some point, you know, you have to make a move. You have to move on from someone you're not moving on from Stafford and those and those players. They're the franchise. They're the ones that are running the team. You know what's the next step? You know a change in coaching. And if they lose this next game, I could definitely foresee it happening.
0: All right. Uh, anything else on this game you wanted to touch on? Uh, touch on or just uh, move on and find better things in life.
1: Well, uh, I just want to say I'm not sure if I want to say thank you or. Forget you, man, Uh, you know, because I would have looked like a genius. Um, This is our really uh, busy season at our uh, regular nine to five. You know how busy we get this time of year. And uh, I completely, you know, overlooked the fact that we were going to get Teddy Bridgewater in this game. And I was ready. I, I had him locked in. I had him penciled into my sheet. I was getting ready to pick the Panthers. And then you mentioned the fact that, they weren't playing and I was like, Whoa, I looked at on my list. I'm like, okay, that's getting crossed off. Uh, but if I would have taken them, I would have looked like such a genius.
0: Yes, I know. I, I did end up taking, but I'm a PJ Walker guy all the way back at temple. So, uh, Al pride there, uh, moving on to a game that, uh, probably shocked some people. Uh, it definitely shocked me though. Uh, while I was dumb enough to trust in this team, I don't know, uh, it was not raining, so I guess they uh, no longer played good football. The Texans uh, beat the New England Patriots 27 20. Cam Newton, uh, for some reason, threw 40 times 26 of 40, uh, 28 of 37, 244, uh, two touchdowns. Damian Harris, 11 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Deshaun uh, to Watson, 26 of 40, 365, and a touchdown. And Brandon Cooks had four catches for 85 yards. So uh, what do you make of this Pats team here?
1: They are such a conundrum. Uh, you know, you always want to give them the benefit of the I doubt. I want my because...
0: Baltimore Ravens money back is what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah, listen, I know. Uh, that's exactly where I stand. They played so poorly the previous week that when that Ravens and, and Patriots game came up, that was my lock, man. That That's where I put my big money that week. I was like... You know, I even put in a prop bet with Lamar Jackson rushing in for a touchdown against them because they played that poorly the, the, you know, the previous week. So then they show up and they play the Ravens tough. And granted the Ravens are not what we, you know, thought they were. uh, And it's shown over the last few weeks, but I still thought that the Ravens were good enough, especially defensively that there might be something there with the Patriots. So of course Patriots going against the Texans, you know, what could go wrong? Let's take the Patriots. And of course, the Patriots and the, you know, costing us. And that's what happened to me. So I think for the rest of the year, I'm done with the Patriots. Um, not that I don't think they'll win more games. I'm just not going to risk it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think I've learned my lesson. Uh, no more Patriots. Uh, it's possible there might be no more Texans either. I just, uh, totally don't know. I, I will say this was, uh, easily Deshaun Watson's best game. Uh, really thought he looked good. And, uh, so, uh, I don't know what else to say about this one other than uh, probably stay away from these two teams. Uh, you never know what you're going to get, but uh, Patriots uh, pretty much knocked themselves out of the playoffs here, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I think that even though it's only, they're only two games behind, you know, uh, the second place, I believe, in the standings, it, you know, they've been playing so poorly. That, There's a
0: lot of teams to jump, too. That's the other thing.
1: Yeah, I think that it's pretty much... A, almost 100% certainty they don't make the playoffs. Now, I don't want to say 100%, but that's just how it feels right now. And I wanted to give Coach Belichick the benefit of the doubt because he's such a great coach. But even him, you know, without any legit weapons on this team, it's going to be hard to get wins.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll move on Uh the game we touched on live over the weekend. Titans 30, Ravens 24, Ryan Tannehill 22-31, 259, two touchdowns derrick henry 28 carries 133 yards and a touchdown Corey davis five catches for 113 lamar jackson 17 for 29 1 touchdown one interception jk dobbins 15 carries 70 yards and a touchdown mark andrews five catches 96 yards and a touchdown so we already went over this game pretty good uh we won't touch on it too much but uh the only thing uh this ravens team uh Last year, uh, they get up on teams, and they just sprint out and dominate you. And uh, the last couple weeks, uh, the Steelers game uh, two weeks ago, this game, they got up. They were dominating the first half in both these games, and uh, they just uh, lifeless, lifeless on offense. Now, uh, defensively, without Williams and Campbell, you know, I don't think you can totally judge them. And uh, I thought their defense played well until the— last half of that uh, game where they looked pretty tired, but uh, offensively uh, just uh, confounding what's uh, becoming of this offense right now.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, the alarms are going off in Baltimore. Um, a lot of people are panicking over there, especially, are they going to make the playoffs or are they not going to make the playoffs? I think this next game versus the Steelers is going to uh, decide a lot whether they're going to make the playoffs or not, but you know kudos to tennessee like we talked about you know during the live feed we did uh, they came out the second half and they really took control of that game and uh baltimore just seemed like they didn't have the energy like they completely uh were running on an empty tank especially that second half and once it got into overtime and they didn't score uh, after taking possession of the ball um you kind of knew it was over and uh, derrick henry just closed that game out
0: yeah uh does Baltimore find a way to right this ship or are you scared they're going to miss the playoffs here?
1: I'm scared they're going to miss the playoffs. But like I said, I don't want to count them out because this next game is going to decide a lot. You know, Historically, they play the Steelers really tough. Uh, this is, tends to be one of those classic defensive struggling games that, that we like to watch. <clears throat> At least I, I enjoy watching. But offensively, uh, I'm a little scared. I just don't know what they're going to bring to the table. Um, as of this morning, they had a couple of their players. I think it was Dobbins and... Uh,
0: Ingram, I believe.
1: Yeah, they are they were on that COVID list. Now, NFL teams don't really tell you whether that's a positive test, whether it's a trace, uh, you know, back to a, another positive test. They don't tell you what it is. They just say that they're on the list. And uh, if they don't have those guys going forward, I don't see what kind of offense they could muster up. So it's a little scary.
0: Yeah, uh, I guess we'll move on to this game. I I'm sad to analyze this because uh, I'm sorry, but this game was brutal, <laughs> brutal, and not just because my dumbass bet on the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, Cleveland was no joy to watch either. So, uh, Eagles seventeen, Browns twenty two. Carson Wentz twenty one to thirty five, two thirty five, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Miles Sanders, 16 carries, 66 yards. Dallas Goddard, five catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. Baker Mayfield, 12 of 22, 204 yards. Nick Chubb, 20 carries, 114 yards. Um, this game did not have an offensive score in the first half. That pretty much sums up these two teams. Uh, I guess the Browns win again. Is, are they going to be the worst team to ever win like 11 games
1: ever? I mean it's very quite possible. We you know I wish I wish my team had their schedule. Uh, they they look on paper, you look at the record, you look at you know their stats, and you're like, okay, you know they're a pretty good team they they they've won, they've won some games and but it's the teams that they've won the games against. They have like the easiest schedule in the NFL and they're gonna beat the bad teams. They're good enough to beat the bad teams, you know, but they're not that much better. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. This the Browns team. I I was a little high on them to start the season and yeah, I, I don't have much to say about this team.
0: They do run the ball well. I will give yes. them that compliment, but uh yeah. Baker Mayfield, uh I think you could throw pretty much any backup quarterback in there and the same thing would be going on. Um and I say like 11 wins cause their schedule is Jaguars, Titans, Ravens, giants, jets, Steelers. Like it's very possible they can win 11 games. Uh, and it's easily possible that they're going to win 10 games here. And, uh, somebody's going to get a very nice playoff matchup versus Cleveland Brown team is all I'm going to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I could, I could definitely see them, you know, winning at least three of those games that you talked about.
0: Uh, Yeah. Jags, Giants, Jets, uh, pretty much are already (laughs) in the bag.
1: But you know what, even that Giants game might be a little bit tougher to be honest with you. Uh, I just, they're, you know, they're probably going to make the playoffs, uh, especially if they win those games. But they're definitely a one-and-out. I don't know. I, I don't want to sit here and criticize them because there's Cinderella stories every year, and I would hate for it to be this one, and then someone finds this clip and plays it back to me about how I criticize them for being a well, you know, one and Well, if this team
0: makes a playoff run, we're not doing this show because uh, I'm not analyzing uh, numerous games of this team running into the line of scrimmage and doing whatever they can to not have Baker Mayfield throw the football.
1: I will give them props, like you said. Their run game has been pretty potent, especially as of lately. Uh Nick Chubb and uh and company have been doing a really good job at, you know, handling the rock and uh keeping the game keeping them in game. So we'll get uh, that.
0: The only other thing I wanted to touch on, uh he might come up later in best and worse, uh, foreshadowing there. Doug Peterson. How much longer can this go on? Uh he's, you know, been riding on his Super Bowl win, but uh this team is disorganized and just terrible. They can't do anything on offense. I don't know how much of that is Wentz. He continues to make turnovers, but uh, at a point in time you watched Carson Wentz and uh, he was a good quarterback. Uh so Peterson, uh how much longer does he get a pass on uh after winning the Super Bowl here?
1: You know, I I, I get it. You gave the city a Super Bowl. You know, and that means a lot, especially for a lot of these teams that Don't have the luxury of being the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, where they're in there every single year, basically, it seems like. So winning a Super Bowl is huge, but it only gets you so many passes. And I think that depending on how you finish this season, you know, you're still in control of the division. You still have a chance at a playoff game. If you lose that and you don't make the playoffs, I think it's time to go.
0: Ah, yes. All right. Moving on. Falcons Saints. Uh, speaking of brutal teams, the Atlanta Falcons scored nine points, and uh, that was being kind. The New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill at quarterback, twenty-four points, and uh, looked uh, pretty lively on defense for sure. Matt Ryan, nineteen to thirty-seven, two thirty-two, two interceptions. Todd Gurley eight carries, twenty-six yards. Uh, Calvin Ridley three catches, seventy-one yards. Taysom Hill eighteen to twenty-three, two thirty-three. Uh, 10 carries, 51 yards, two touchdowns. Michael Thomas, nine catches, 104. So what'd you make of Taysom Hill? I, I got to say, I was very stunned that they, uh, they really didn't even run the option all that much. They kept him in the pocket. He made pocket passes and uh, just uh, really impressed with uh, the way he was able to sit in that pocket and make passes uh, the way he did.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, to start the game off, I felt like uh, he looked a little shaky at first. Oh, yeah. And and I think a lot of that had to do with the nerves. You know, it's your first game. Uh, you know, you're 30 years old. You first started the NFL. And I'm sure as much as he tried to avoid it, there he had to have, you know, heard the rumblings throughout the week uh, about him as starting starting uh, you know, at start, starting at quarterback for the Saints. I'm sure he heard the noise here and there, and it must have played into into it a little bit, and it got into his head. But it seemed like once he got in there, he realized, like, you know what? For now, this is my team, and I'm going to roll with him. And he really took the reins. And even though he didn't have any, like, you know, uh, passing touchdowns, I felt like he made some really nice throws. Uh, He made some really nice reads. You know, he missed one here and there, but even the best quarterbacks do that. You know, so he gets a pass on that. And he won the game, which was the most important part. So, you know, I'm happy for him. Good for him. His first start, his first win, and he played pretty well. Yeah.
0: All right. So, just a couple things. Uh, Drew Brees had a couple more broken ribs. Uh, they found.
1: Yeah, I, like half of his ribs.
0: Yes. Uh, now they keep saying he's improving and going to bounce back. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sold on that. The, so, uh, do you think the Saints can win games with Taysom Hill at quarterback in the playoffs?
1: Um, <laughs> I, I think they can win games um the question is playoff games that's that's the question is <laughs> the playoff games you know i feel like he played well enough this week but he's not always going to face off against the falcons you know what i mean uh he's going to face off against the we're getting the packers. to them in a second he's going to face off against the packers he's going to face off against the you know the the possibly the rams defense i mean there's going to be some defenses in there that are going to play a lot tougher than the falcons defense plays but you know he's he, he played pretty well and i feel like you know with a little more you know games under his belt he's got the potential to get comfortable enough to where he could possibly win a playoff game he's got he's got the skill set you know he he's big he's fast he's very athletic um and he adds a, another dimension to to that offense you know one of the uh good things about the saints is that they seem to always have an extra quarterback that's you know basically ready to go um even though we consider him a turnover machine, they still got a guy who led the league in passing yards that they could always kind of bring in, you know, just to kind of throw defenses off. You don't know what Sean Payton, what you're going to get. That's probably the biggest thing about that team.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, I said, we get to the Falcons. Uh, I no longer enjoy watching this team. It's uh sort of the same thing every week. Is it time for them to rebuild? Uh, say goodbye to Julio Jones. Say goodbye to Matt Ryan. I, you know, Todd Gurley hasn't been there that long, but uh, I just, uh, this team feels stale. It's time to, I feel like it's time to, you know, retool, remold, rebuild.
1: You know, um, it's sad for me to say because I really like the Falcons team, and I've liked that Falcons team for a few years. Um, it's not my favorite team, but it was one of those teams I enjoyed watching, especially during the Michael Vick era. Uh, it's just, Kind of unfortunate to see how it's gone. You know, they were a really potent team, uh, a team that we almost expected to be in the playoffs, and they even made a Super Bowl run at one point. But, yeah, I think that, you know, for your team's best interest for their future, right now you have some assets that could probably garner a lot of of attention from different teams, and it could definitely get you some compensation. Uh, You have a monster in Julio Jones who, you know, he's not, you know, young Julio Jones, but... He's also not old, you know, he's got, he's got some, some gas left in that tank and you have a solid quarterback in Matt Ryan, who, you know, he can, he can, he could definitely help another team out. Um, A guy like Todd Gurley. Yeah. His stats aren't, you know, crazy, but he's shown enough flashes to where you can get something out of him. So I think that, you know, for your team's best interest, it's probably if you just kind of, you know, have fire cell and start kind of rebuilding.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll move on. Uh, we'll try to break down this game as quickly as possible. Bengals 9, Washington 20. Joe Burrow 22 at 34, 203 yards. One touchdown. SimGP Ryan, five carries, 19 yards. Tyler Boyd, nine catches, 85 yards. Alex Smith, 17 at 25, 166. One touchdown, one interception. Antonio Gibson uh, continues to get better week... Week in and week out, 16 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin, five catches, 84 yards. So uh, I guess we were joking about it earlier in the year, but I I found this just sort of inedible. Uh, Joe Burrow goes down, ACL injuries. Uh, Honestly, I think we both knew this was going to happen. They were throwing way too much with a poor line, and he was just getting hit too much. Uh, Sad that it's uh, such a serious injury, but uh, I... Don't think either of us were too shocked about it.
1: No, I wasn't shocked about it. I, I definitely didn't come as a shock, but I was really disappointed, especially because. Well, I mean, this sounds so selfish and, and probably the wrong time to say it, but I took the Bengals. I thought that they were going to pull this uh, pull this one out, and it looked like they were on the verge to winning this game and upsetting the uh, the Washington football team. Um, but like you said, it is. It, it was almost inevitable that it was going to happen. We talked about it all season long, how much they were using the kid and he was, he was playing well, you know, he was having a good rookie season. I think he was on pace to break all kinds of uh, rookie NFL records. Um, but with a bad offensive line, very limited weapons, you know, a defense that's almost non-existent and you keep pushing this guy at a, such a young age, something's bound to break down and fortunately it was a pretty severe injury i think they said it was his, what, his acl his it mcl was
0: acl and mcl that both uh, popped
1: and then apparently um, I, I heard somewhere that there's also some uh, additional like uh, damage done to the structure to the structure of his knee i don't know all the details i'm not a medical expert but i know enough to know that the way one that on knee the was podcast, bent though <laughs> yeah I play an armchair quarterback um, but you know the way that knee was bent over I know enough medical stuff to know that it's not supposed to be that way. And it's very unfortunate. I hope he has a speedy recovery, but can't say we didn't see this coming.
0: Yeah. uh, It's Zach Taylor. Uh, They threw 34 times. Uh, You know, they threw more than that because he got sacked a handful of times. Why are you throwing 34 times versus a Washington team that – is one very good against the pass? And two has a ridiculous pass rush when you have a poor line. That's just that's sending somebody out there to get beat up. I, I know they don't have Mixon, but uh, it just seems like poor decision making. Uh, I just confusing, uh, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think a big part of it was the fact that they didn't have their run game, and they don't. They haven't had a run game. Mixon's been in and out basically uh, uh, throughout the whole season with injuries. And um, it's really unfortunate, you know, if they had a solid run game and a good line, you know, maybe a couple of complimentary wide receivers, you know, this season probably would have turned out a lot different for Joe Burrow. Um, I wish him a speedy recovery and I hope he comes back strong. Uh, He's definitely somewhat enjoyable to watch uh, for the most part. So, yeah.
0: All right. We'll move on to the main event game of the week. Rams 27, Buccaneers 24. Jared Goff 39 of 51, 376, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Malcolm Brown three carries, 20 yards. Cooper Cup 11 catches, 145. Tom Brady 26 of 48, 216, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Ronald Jones 10 carries, 24 yards. Antonio Brown eight catches, 57 yards. So, really good game by the Rams defense once again brought it. I'll ask you this question I asked you earlier Rams. Best defense in the NFL?
1: You know, I, it's, I'm going to sound so biased, and I'm going to sound like such a homer, but I think that they do have the best defense in the NFC.
0: Oh, hedging.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm making sure that I, I cover all my bases Someone there. doesn't
0: want to anger Steelers fans here.
1: Well, listen, I've also been on the Steelers bandwagon <laughs> pretty much all season long, so uh, I'm, i got to be careful what I say, but I do think that the Rams have the best defense in the NFC and the, in the NFC conference um, they you know, they can rush the passer. They can get pressure. Uh, they can stop the run for the most part. They're pretty good at stopping the run and they have a really good pass defense. They have a shutdown corner and they have corners that can make some big plays. So they have a lot of weapons on defense. Um, not a lot of big names, but a lot of weapons that are making plays, and um they can, they can go up against pretty much anybody right now as long as they're playing the way they're playing now and almost, you know, guaranteed to be in the game.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bucks, first good teams. Uh, I think you see it. They aren't very good. I think they're quite overrated uh, when they play these top teams. You see it time and again when Brady's getting pass-rushed by teams with defenses like this. He's just uh, not a very good quarterback. It doesn't help that Arians... Uh, I don't know, somehow thinks he's got his cannon arm quarterback back there and continues to try to throw deep passes. But uh, do you see this Bucks team making a playoff run or do you see 10-11 wins and a quick out in the playoffs?
1: Listen, they've, they've got the weapons for it. You know, they've got some big guys. I know that Gronkowski is not the old Gronkowski, but, you know, they've got Gronk, they've got um, Mike Evans, they, you know, they've got some solid, solid running backs. Um, they got Brady. They got a pretty good offensive line. They got a lot of big names on defense. You know, I could see them making a run. A lot of it's going to depend on Tom Brady's play. This team's basically, they're a lot further than they would have been without Brady. Let's just say that.
0: But, I don't know. I like the Jameis.
1: Yeah, they weren't they weren't going to roll with Jameis anymore. They pretty much decided that last season. But um, a lot of it's going to depend on his play and whether, you know, they can protect him long enough for him to try to avoid making those mistakes. As you saw from at least one of those interceptions, uh, he felt pressure coming, and he overthrew his wide receiver, and it was an easy interception. That was the one that closed out the game, unfortunately, for them. Uh, But they can can win some games. They've got enough weapons.
0: All right. uh, We're going to have to ask you to take off the L.A. hat here for a second. Go with the Project Greenlight NFL analysis hat here. Can McVay scheme this team offensively because the defense is there into another Super Bowl?
1: This is me with my Green Light Network hat on, not my, you know, L.A. Ram hat on. Uh, yes, I think so. I think that, you know, he got him there once before with a really potent offense that could come at you and – Put up thirty-five points per game on you, and uh, a defense that was bending, not breaking. They weren't great. They, you know, they could you know get to the quarterback, but they didn't really have a lockdown receiver. They were giving up big plays. I think that they're built a little bit differently this time around. Uh, I think that they're stronger on the defense than they are on offense, and it's shown. But they've got uh, some. They got a pretty dynamic dual in wide receivers. I know we talked about Cooper Cup stats, but. You know, even Robert Woods, he had a big game. Yeah, here he was catches. great as
0: well. They, they yeah. both played uh, dynamite games this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the better uh, tandem duels in the NFL right now. Um, Tampa Bay, on the other hand, they have a really good trio wide receivers. But, um, you know, the Rams have a good, they have they have pretty good uh, wide receiver duel, and they, they're running back. They didn't run the ball that well this week. A lot of that had to do with the fact that they didn't want to run the ball because uh, Tampa Bay has one of the better run defenses. But I feel like they're built differently this time around, and they have a good shot at getting in. My question is Jared Goff. That's It's not Sean McVay. I know he's made some bonehead play calls this, this season, and especially the last few games, but they still won those games. My question is Jared Goff. Are we going to get Jared Goff that's calm, cool, and collected, You know, that's going to make those tight window throws that he can make? Or are we going to get the guy who gets jittery and jumpy and um, throw some silly interceptions like he did last night?
0: Yeah. uh, Literally, my mind chases on every series (laughs) watching him play quarterback. Uh, uh, You saw that pick that let Tampa Bay back in the game, and I'm like, oh, my God, why are they doing that? And then the next series, I mean, he was firing darts right on the money to both Cup, Woods, and it was uh, just – I don't know. It's just hard to gauge because it can look so good and so bad. Now uh, I will say he's resilient. You know, he threw that pick and you know, did he crumble? No, he popped back up and uh, led them on the drive, got that field goal. So uh, it's just a really hard read, you know, not game to game, but uh, really series to series with him.
1: Yeah. um, Like I said, a lot of it's going to depend on his play. Uh, That team's going to go as far as Jared Goff can take him. And, I feel like he's got enough experience under his belt that we've seen it even in that Buffalo game when they got down big. You know, they didn't get crushed in that game. They came back, and they almost won that game. They, they basically took took the lead in that game late in that fourth quarter, and they could have won that game if it wasn't for a few mistakes here and there. You know, especially early on in that game, anyone would have told you this game's over. Uh, they're getting blown out. But, no, they're resilient. They came back, and they fought, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that They've been together for a while, at least McVay and Golf have been, and you know they've got a solid enough defense that they can kind of rely on them a little bit. They've got a solid enough running backs to where they can kind of pound it out a little bit and get some pressure off of Golf. But they also have that experience together of going deep into the playoffs, and I think that might play a big factor into whether they make it to the Super Bowl or not.
0: Yeah. All right. We've racked, recapped all our games. Now let's go to our. Best had
1: one hell
0: of a game all right so what do you got offensively for best of the week for us
1: let's see for best of the week on offense i had to give the nod to Taysom hill his first nfl start at 30 years old uh and he didn't have a passing touchdown but he did have a couple of rushing touchdowns um
0: nice prop on. wins
1: there seven to one for me Oh, yeah, I know. I heard about it. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, I forgot to hit submit on mine, so, yeah, we'll go from there. Um, He had a couple rushing games, a couple rushing touchdowns, uh, which were big, and he looked a little bit shaky to start off the game, but as he got more comfortable, he was making some really good throws, and, uh, you know, he was in their center a lot. He wasn't in in, uh, Wildcat or in that wishbone offense that we kind of expected him to be in. So, you know, I feel like overall he had a really solid game, especially with all the drama that was going on early on, whether he was start or not. So I feel like he gets not for best of the week.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're going to think alike here. And I went with Taysom Hill as well. So uh, we'll move on to defensive. What was your defensive player of the week?
1: I went with an entire unit uh, as I usually do for defense. Uh, part of that's because I don't know defensive players as well as you do, but I do know defensive units and uh, Carolina. Uh, they're getting the nod for me this week. I know that they uh, they, were play- they were playing the Lions, a banged up Lions team. I know this, you know, but still, they went up against a team where they were pretty much predicted to lose that game because they were missing a lot of weapons on offense, and that defense stepped up and they basically pitched a shutout. So, Carolina defense, best of the week.
0: All right, I got uh, two guys on here, uh, both on the Broncos: Deshaun Williams and Bradley Chubb. They were harassing to a. The whole game, uh, they really brought it. Uh, loved uh, the way that uh, defensive line just uh, really uh, caused all sorts of chaos for uh, the Miami Dolphins. So, Deshaun Williams, Bradley Chubb, really nice game. All right, what do you got coach wise here?
1: For uh, best coach of the week, I am going with Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints. Um, he played my Good. games with us all week long. Uh, you know, he, I don't know if it was him but someone leaked the fact that Taysom Hill was getting to start at quarterback over Winston. And the, when they questioned him, he had a whole little media uh, speech about how, I don't know where that information came from. I didn't release anything. We picked a re- uh, quarterback, but we're not telling you who it is until we're ready. And he played all these mind games and it worked. And he put together a game plan that probably no one was expecting. Like I said, we all thought that he played in the wishbone and the wildcat uh, type of formations where he, you know, lined up at a wide receiver, but, He put his quarterback under center and he put together a game plan that set him up for success, even though a lot of people were kind of counting him out.
0: Yeah. Uh, guess what? Sean Payton, best coach of the week. Um, really I, uh, he's had to have worked with a Taysom Hill, uh, on his throwing. Uh, I can't tell you how great a college quarterback Taysom Hill was. He was very entertaining, but the throwing was a, a little, you know, shaky and, uh, what Sean Payton has done to work with him and get him where he can be a pocket quarterback. I mean, they really did not call all that many runs for him, which uh, might keep him healthy, which was what I was concerned with. Cause if you watched him in college, he dominated games, but he was a monster wrecking ball and he got hurt all the time because of it. And uh, just really impressed with the way Payton uh, controlled that game and uh, with Uh, The way Taysom Hill just played pocket quarterback and uh, the Saints overall. So uh, we had our best. Let's go to our worst. Terrible. Just terrible. All right. Where are you going for worst of the week?
1: For worst of the week on offense, I am going with quarterback Jake Lutton. Granted, he played a really scary defense in the Pittsburgh defense, but you know, he made some mistakes and a lot of them were really costly. When you throw for four interceptions, regardless of who you play, you're gonna get on this list. So Lutton, worst of the week.
0: Oh, that's very mean. I don't even think you knew who Jake Lutton was four weeks ago. <laughs> L-
1: Listen, you play in the NFL, you throw four interceptions, you're gonna get on you're gonna get on this list.
0: I'm going to pick on somebody we had all at least knew at the beginning of the year. Carson Wentz. Uh He seems to be getting worse uh, game-to-game, year-by-year, and uh, this pretty much summed it up. Cleveland did not play well. This game was there to be had, and uh, he pretty much just handed it to Cleveland with bad turnovers once again, and uh, the drop-off I'm seeing from him from his first and second years to now is uh, just uh, something I can't even explain. So uh, Carson Wentz, worst of the week for me.
1: All right. Before we move on really quick, I just want to say – that that's a really good pick. Um, when he was being drafted, he was in the same draft class as Jared Goff. I was sold on Carson Wentz. I wanted Wentz for the Rams. And even a year later, I was like, this is why I wanted Wentz. Now as it's progressed, even though, uh, Goff isn't elite quite yet. Um, I still think we made probably the better choice.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be in that camp too. Uh, I thought whoever got Carson Wentz was going to move on to great things. And, uh, While he was guiding them into the Super Bowl before he got hurt. um, After that, it has not been great things. It has been a lot of turnovers. So uh, what do you got for worst on defense?
1: Uh, For worst on defense, uh, this was really tough for me as uh, I felt like several defenses really underperformed. But um, I had to go with the Dolphins defense, um, and mostly because we've basically been praising them over the last few weeks about how they're really solid. They don't give up a lot of points yet they gave up 20 points to a very anemic offense in the Broncos, and they made those Broncos running backs uh, look like uh, Emmett Smith. Uh, so uh, Dolphins defense, sorry to say, but worst of the week.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to uh, play with worst defense of the week and uh, the Colts offensive line. While uh, they aren't a defensive unit, um,
1: <laughs>
0: they caused much chaos to the Colts defense by continually getting holding penalties and uh, pretty much costing the colts uh a way to uh see out that game and giving aaron Rodgers the ball back and if it wasn't for uh, a couple weird spikes uh i think the packers would have won that game all because the colts literally held nine times in a row uh so uh we're playing a little fast and loose with defensive worst of the week but uh something had to be said about that Colts uh, offensive line unit that got a build a billion holding penalties while trying to close out that game.
1: If that's the case and that's how we're going to play it, then for worse of the, I'm changing my worst defense of the week and I'm going with the referees for the Tampa Bay Rams. <laughs> that was very horrible. You could tell they were defending Tom Brady. You know, that first of all, that was a hole on, on Aaron Donald in the end zone. That was a fumble by Tom Brady in the end zone. Those past interference calls on, on Jalen Ramsey were bogus and they were bananas.
0: Well, we, we might add worst officiating for uh, next week <laughs> then for you. All right. What do you got coaching wise for worst of the
1: week? Uh, for worst coach of the week? Uh, I am going with Matt, Patricia lions uh, in a game where uh, I stayed away from <laughs> after, after hearing uh, about, you know, the players that were going to be out. I thought that this was going to be their best chance at getting a win. And, you know, that much closer to going to the playoffs but unfortunately uh he just I don't understand what kind of game plan he came in with but you know you're going up against a team that has an okay defense but that defense, completely shuts, yeah, <laughs> and, and, but that defense completely shuts down your offense and then you just can't muster up a single point uh, I, I put that on the coach and uh matt patricia you are the worst coach of the week
0: well i had matt patricia but uh will audible so we don't have essentially the same everything i'm going with doug peterson uh just it's been brutal for three years now and uh it's not getting any better i know they're first place in the nfc east and uh it feels like he's going to somehow finagle his way into this stupid playoff picture but uh it's just really bad there. So uh, Doug Peterson, with an uh, honorable mention to Zach Taylor. So uh, that's our show for the week. Where can we find you, Achilles?
1: You can find me on Twitter at tdachilles. You can find me on Instagram at that dude Achilles, and you can check out my YouTube channel, which I post video games and stuff like that. Nothing really too entertaining, but you know some fun stuff that'll kill some time. Uh, at that dude Achilles, also on YouTube.
0: All right, you can find me at GLNChamp on both Twitter and Instagram. That's our show, and we're out.